This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Happy Monday morning. I hope everyone did well with their sports betting over the weekend. We've got Monday night football coming up tonight, Ravens at Saints. And before we get to that, we've got Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus with us now. Brad, I am curious your thoughts on this Jets team. Uh, Zach Wilson with his best performance of the season. The Jets beat the Bills. How do you rate this Jets team now? I'm obviously in that AFC East, but also, you know, beating what everyone considers the best team in football. Um, I mean, their defense is already one of the best units in the NFL. I think the coolest takeaway from there is, I mean, they had – no talent last year at corner. They were literally devoid of talent at cornerback. They had some issues up front as well. And it shows that in one offseason, if you kind of spend some resources at a couple spots and have a good coach like Robert Sala, you can go from one of the worst defenses to one of the best um, kind of overnight. Yeah. I mean, that, that was unbelievable. What, did we learn something big picture-wise uh, about the Bills? Are they vulnerable? couple losses – there's some some close games there. Anything to be concerned about specific matchups down the line? I mean, everything in Buffalo isn't about the AFC, isn't about the seed. It's just about winning that Super Bowl. I think it's something that we kind of already knew, but it really exposed it in this game. And They don't have enough talent at wide receiver. I mean, it was very underrated when they lost Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders this past offseason. Yes, both guys are like 35 years old, and obviously neither is even playing in the NFL anymore, but they were important parts of that offense last year. And now, without those guys, I mean, look, Stephon Diggs is a top five, top three wide receiver in the NFL. I like Gabriel Davis. I know he was like a fantasy football darling and all that. He's kind of a one-trick pony right now. He is a deep threat that doesn't really offer you a whole lot else. He has those games kind of like a Mike Williams with the Chargers where either he has five catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns or he has one catch for six yards. Like He's kind of one of those guys on a week-to-week basis, and they don't have enough otherwise. I think it's why they traded for Naheem Hines at the deadline to get another yeah. slot component, another pass catcher out of the backfield. But I think of all the teams we keep talking about with Odell Beckham Jr., they may have the argument they need him more than the rest of those contenders in that conversation. I want to talk to you about NFC big picture. And let's start with the Vikings because they have been in some close games. Kirk Cousins and company seven and one. Are we a believer in this team? We see Kirk dancing shirtless with the diamond chains on. I mean, they're riding high and obviously running away with this division. What is your assessment of this Vikings team? 
But we get the test now, and I think obviously, you know, they almost lost to the Washington Commanders, you know, a tight game there. I mean, they, they did have a ref run into one of their defenders, and they would have intercepted Taylor Heineke earlier in the game, but instead it was a, a near touchdown to Curtis Samuel. So it was another one-score win, another game that you couldn't really feel super convinced about. But now we get at Buffalo and versus Dallas these next two weeks, and I think we're going to learn a lot about this football team. Yeah, we got Kirk out here adding a chain every week, it seems. If they beat Buffalo, he <laughs> might have to bring a uh, wear a grill to the podium or something um but yeah i, I mean we, we talked about it i think last week I, I had the commanders plus three you know a tough push but that interior pressure is always a problem for kirk cousins it showed up again in this game but you know i, I think they're, they're a good team they, they are a legitimate team in the nfc i just when we see them step up in weight class like against philadelphia and now these next two weeks i think we're going to learn a ton about are these one-score games kind of fluky or are they just you know making smart decisions and winning some close battles you know, for a while, we've all known that the top tier in the NFL, it, it consists of three teams, right? And then there's a drop-off. And, it, you know, we were getting bored by our power rankings. Like, we just said, all right, let's skip the three. Let's go four through eight, right? And that, that's a more interesting conversation. But all three of these teams did not cover the spread. One lost outright. We almost had Kansas City lose outright after dominating the box score last night. I mean, Vrabel and Henry find a way to get it done. You can't complete a pass to a wide receiver. And they still almost win that game in regulation on the road against Andy Reid coming off the bye. Like, was uh, was week nine kind of eye-opening in the sense that, you know what, it's not – if you were making the case that it's going to be one of these three teams, three teams winning the Super Bowl, it's not the difference between them and those next couple tiers – isn't isn't as wide as uh, many suggest. I think that's the lesson is that we've, we've all had the same conversations, right? There's these teams that are off in their own category. We keep saying there's no good teams, right? Or there's so very few good teams. I think the counter and, and kind of the, the, the necessary, you know, opposite is there's also not really that many bad teams. There are, of course, some very bad teams. The Houston Texans are a very bad football team. But, like, the, the chunk from four to, you know, 15, 16, like there's a lot of just like above average or, you know, solid football teams there that on any given Sunday could probably give the, you know, one of those, you know, you know, the, the juggernauts could give them a challenge every single week because they're not particularly bad either. I think that's the takeaway, you know, with Kansas City, I mean, Malik Willis, not putting a pass to wide receiver, like you mentioned taking a bunch of, you know, 10, 12-yard sacks throughout the game. That defense last night for Tennessee, that defensive front with all the guys they rotate up front, our old friend Mario Edwards had two sacks in that game, Danico Autry, Tyre Tart. It's just it's so deep, not even mentioning Jeffrey Simmons. And then Mike Vrabel, I think that's the, the last piece too is we're seeing the edge that coaching provides because of the kind of parity talent-wise. Having a great coach like a Mike Vrabel, I think, is even bigger edge in this year's NFL. Yeah, and then on the NFC side, the Seattle Seahawks. GM John Schneider and Pete Carroll looking like geniuses right now. That's another team that falls into that 4-16 to 16 category. How do you rate the Seahawks? They're a legitimate football team. They're the first one that I, you know, was willing to admit I was wrong on and say this is actually a good team. Um, I, the, the Jets, I'm probably next closest because, I mean, when you're that good on one side of the ball, I think you can win a lot of games. And, yeah, when Wilson isn't making mistakes. Um, but, yeah, the Seahawks are a legitimately good football team because I think the big thing now is the first month of the year, it was all right. They have a fun offense. Geno Smith is playing very good football doing a lot of good things, but their defense was kind of a sieve to start the season. Now, 
both sides of the ball are playing really well, playing in tandem. You're getting a little bit more pressure outside of Uchenna and Wosu. He's kind of been the only guy so far, but young players in Darrell Taylor and Boye Mathai off the edge are getting better every week. You're seeing on the back end, their young secondary with Tariq Wolin and Kobe Bryant. They're playing better and better every week. Obviously, Wolin already has a bunch of interceptions and has been a highlight real player, but I think you're seeing more down-to-down consistency from them now. So, it's not just a, hey, we're, we have a fun offense and we're kind of winning some games. You can win on both sides of the ball now. Um, yeah, they are, they are right up there in the NFC, which is kind of crazy to think, but I, I think they are. Two of the top favorites coming into the season for the NFC were Green Bay and the L.A. Rams. Is the season over for both of those teams? I mean, the season in terms of what their expectations were, I think, is over. Yeah, like there's no fix to where they've become a contender again. I think, you know, they could, I think, maybe sneak back into the playoff picture somehow as a wild card or, or do whatever. But yeah, they're not a team that I think is a legitimate threat, especially you look at Green Bay. In that game yesterday, they lost Rashawn Gary, who's by far their best edge rusher. Um, they lost, you know, David Bakhtiari left the game again. Romeo Dobbs, who's probably their number one receiver, got carted off the field. Eric Stokes, their cornerback, got carted off the field. Like, uh, Aaron Jones left the game for a while. He's maybe their best offensive playmaker. Like, they sustained a half dozen injuries to impact players yesterday. We don't know yet if they are week-to-week injuries or the severity of a lot of them, but still – that's the last thing they could afford. You know, already they're struggling. Now key players are going down for you. Um, in the Rams, yeah, I mean, they're just simply deficient at a bunch of spots. Offensive line being the number one. Uh, I made this joke yesterday. We talked about all the things that had to break in their favor last year for them to still, you know, win a lot of these one-score games, the 49ers dropping the interception and, you know, all these things. Andrew Whitworth had a patella tendon injury in, like, week two of last season. He's 40 years old. And he played through the entire season with it at an all-pro level and then got surgery like two days after the Super Bowl. Like, so many things broke their way. Um, that we, 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 the list is so long we forget sometimes. It's all coming back to bite them. They're, they're just not a good football team. Well, well, what do you make of this Baltimore Ravens team? Because it's kind of head-scratching what they did at the trade deadline, bringing in a defensive player when a lot of people thought, oh, you know, get Lamar some weapons. Didn't do that. They've got Deshaun Jackson. Um, So you've got Ravens at Saints tonight. This line has moved from three to one and a half. Um, We know Isaiah Likely playing for Mark Andrews. He is out. What are you expecting in this one, whether it's side, total props? Where are you looking? Yeah, and first of all, the deadline was very puzzling because Rashad Bateman, you know, gets ruled out for the season a couple days later. You have to think they had at least some indication he was trending in that direction. Um, yeah, and John Jackson's a fun player, but again, a 35-year-old, how big of a difference can he make? Tonight's going to be fascinating. You know, I think Baltimore is going to be able to run the football fairly effectively you know, with mm. Lamar Jackson. I mean, the Saints defense, of course, is one of the best run defenses in the NFL the last couple of years, one of the best defenses overall. You have Demario Davis, our highest-graded off-ball linebacker. He can cause problems rushing through the A-gap. He can be a quarterback spy. Pete Werner can be a quarterback spy, linebacker. Like, it's a good matchup in, in, for the Saints in a lot of ways. And so I think this is a true test. There's a reason it's come off a field goal. I think beyond just, you know, not having Bateman and not having Mark Andrews, I also think there's fundamentally a lot of matchups in favor of New Orleans in this game because they have the injuries of their own. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to can the Saints run the football? So, you know, the, the Ravens this year, their defense, as we talked about, probably about, has been, has been good, not great, maybe even average, not good. 
But Justin Matabuka in the interior now has become a bit of a force and playing really well. And they've gotten, be- gotten better against the run as weeks have gone on. Then you bring in Roquan Smith to obviously clean up a lot of that on the back end and make his, you know, 12 tackles a game, cleaning things up. So can they stop Alvin Kamara? Can they get after Andy Dalton, make things uncomfortable for him? Um, then I think the game plays in their favor. But I think Baltimore's defense is going to be more impactful in this game for them than their offense. Brad Spielberger, PFF. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. All right, Brad. Uh, we waited long enough. So let's talk about Justin Fields, man. Uh, I, I threw it out there yesterday. I mean, we've gotten it for a full month. The guy has no offensive line. He has no receivers. Finally, add Claypool to the mix now. And look at what he's doing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's like a playoff victory yesterday. Uh, Bears lose. Nobody cares because it looks like they might have a franchise quarterback for the first time in any Bears fan's life. Um, maybe uh, I, I mentioned yesterday on Twitter that maybe I'm drunk on the Justin Fields Kool-Aid and going too far. You tell me. I mean, because you're a Bears fan, but you also study this stuff. Team construction, a big part of it, right? When you look at what you have in Justin Fields, given his age, his contract, and potential ceiling. How many quarterbacks in the league would you swap fields for today? Because I don't think it's a really long list at the moment. I mean, obviously, your stars are there. But then once you get past the stars, like with, with all that stuff in the wash, I don't know that it's a ton of quarterbacks that I'd swap fields for right now. Yeah, I mean, once you add in the contract component and, and all that and the, the rookie year control, I agree. It's not a very long list because even the guy we just talked about, like, look, do I think Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback right now than Justin Fields? Yes, I do. Sure. But he's about to get $50-plus million per year from someone, whether it's Baltimore or elsewhere, whereas you still have two more years of the rookie contract for Fields. He could take that next step. I think he has the ability to become a better passer than Lamar Jackson and maybe not the same runner, but he, he might be the second-best running, you know, running quarterback in the NFL at this point. So. It's a short list, no question, because I think we're seeing it all kind of pieced together. I know he only had about 130 passing yards last game, but three touchdowns. The, the ball to Mooney was one of the throws of the day. Took a hit when he was delivering it as well. Put it only where Mooney could get it. Back corner over Xavier Howard, obviously a great corner for Miami. Even the play to commit. It was a similar play to that delayed handoff fake and then throw to Ryan Griffin that he missed against Washington by about 10 feet. When you see a guy come back to something – you're comfortable with it. You're executed perfectly. You deliver a perfect ball to Cole Komet. Like he's just, he's stacking positives, but he's also eliminating negatives week after week after week. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a long list of quarterbacks I would take over him right now if I was building out a roster, if you take all the contacts into account. I love it. Uh, all right, so looking at um, the next week's board, is there any, you know, sides that jump out at you? Anything you've bet already or have your eye on? Yes, absolutely. So uh, two plays I love for next week. Uh, one is the San Francisco 49ers uh, coming off a bye, about minus six and a half. That's what it was. That's what it opened at last night against the Los Angeles Chargers. L.A. squeaked out with a win last, uh, yesterday, but barely. Um, and, and they're just a soft football team on defense. Like it's just a bad matchup because it's one of the more physical you know, brutalizing teams versus a team that is just soft. I mean, not only are they soft, they also play a lot of off coverage. They do a lot of things that I think Kyle Shanahan is going to rip apart with his offense with a lot of yards after the catch. 
and all the, you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And then also, they just, the Chargers, for whatever reason, still cannot defend the run. I mean, Atlanta Falcons were running roughshod over them with Tyler Algier. Cordell Patterson hops off IR and is bulldozing guys on the Chargers that, you know, right away scores two touchdowns. And one of them just, you know, put Drew Tranquil into, into the third row. It's just, it's a bad matchup for, for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So, under a touchdown, I love the 49ers. Um, another one, we just talked about the Green Bay Packers. They are uh, small home dogs to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys also coming off a bye, getting some health. I think they needed there. Um, but again, just a matchup where, you know, all the injuries I mentioned to Green Bay are also relevant. I think that's why I like betting it early because some of these guys might not play, but we don't necessarily know yet. Um, but, I mean, this, this matchup is a nightmare for the Green Bay Packers because Rodgers is going to have no time to do anything. And, you know, he's going to, I think, try to play hero ball and, and force the issue. You know, he threw three interceptions against the Detroit Lions for a reason. It's now his fault as much as everybody else's because he's pressing. And he's just, you can tell he's trying to win the game on every throw. I think the last defense you want to do that against in the entire NFL might be the Dallas Cowboys. All right, that was Brad Spielberger on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Up next, college football, Georgia dominates Tennessee. We'll get into it right after this.